Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Okay, take a seat and uh, we'll get cracking. I want to uh, remain with dreams uh, this morning. And uh, last week I was trying to say there will be many things, money in particular, that will stop you from going for your dream or cause you to shrink your dream down. And I want to break that glass ceiling above our lives and just say all things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. Uh, Susan Boyle. How amazing. I remember watching that. And uh, she were all, you could see she's not trained. She was, I know she's been in loads of competitions but she's parochial. She's like, you can see she's, she's from a small village town and she gets up on a national stage and starts wiggling her hips in a way. <laughs> and, it's, and, and it's all the mannerisms that people would laugh at in small town, but in the big town, it's like, what are you doing? It's, but you've got to start somewhere. And I'm glad that she just continued, even when the professionals were going, well, because you're going to get that when you go for your dream. Yeah. People that you, you're looking to, to, to help you with your dream, when you first meet them, they might be like, well, well, you've not, what, how much money have you got? You've no chance. What, what's your education? You've no chance. What's your experience in this field? You've no chance. And you've just got to keep going. And I want you to, when you're in front of that person, I want you to go, I dream the dream. <laughs> they go, you're weird. I say, of course I'm weird. Susie Boyle's been mentoring me. <laughs> have you got any photographs? This is our latest dream, me and Shelley. Says we've just bought this in France. And um, dreaming's powerful. I've had loads of dreams. I wanted loads of photographs up. Some of you have seen the photographs where I proposed to Shelley. And uh, we're in her front room, and it's a Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve, I think it was. And um, so I've had loads of dreams. And me and Shelley have had loads of dreams over the years. So I had all them in photograph form, but we couldn't find them this morning. And here's me, these are my biggest dreams. Here, just ne- next couple of photographs. That's the three boys and their wives. Absolutely brilliant. Next one. <laughs> we dream. We dream into things. And, and dreams become a reality. And w- when, when it happens, you just think, that's just amazing. God has given us the faculty to dream. What's that? So last week, I was talking about a few things. And uh, I didn't really get through the introduction. It was the introduction to the introduction. And... Uh, <laughs> Let me just take us through a few things here. I do want to look at the story of, uh, of uh, Joseph, who never had a Bible, because he was, he was creating the Bible as they were going. We were making the stories. Um, but, you know, the only piece of the Bible that, that, uh, that will work for you is the part that you know. Yeah. And the only part of the Bible that will work for you is the part that you believe. Yeah. And so when people just can ream off loads of Scripture, that's impressive. But demons, they're not frightened of that kind of stuff. What they're frightened of is saying, that one's for me. Yeah. And we've had great messages over the, over the years. And we, we did a series on enlarge the place of your tent. Yeah. And, um, and that's important as a church that we're enlarges. We are, our reach is far greater than uh, our, our, sort of, uh, our size. And I, I want that to be in your individual life, that your, your impact in this world is far greater 
than what your education was, what your resources are, that somehow God gets hold of you as five loaves and two fish and doesn't just feed somebody for lunch, it feeds thousands. Yeah. Metaphorically, you know what I mean? Don't, don't, don't take it literally and think, I'm not a chef. <laughs> so, the Apostle Paul says, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded. How do you get persuaded? Repetition. Truth doesn't persuade you. Repetition of truth persuades you. And it's that persuasion on the inside. When you are persuaded about an issue, there's a conviction and a convincing that comes on. And it's invisible. Can you see how silly it is to say, if you can't touch it, see it, taste it, hear it, measure it, weigh it, it doesn't exist. Because there is so many things that exist that are invisible. They're intangible. You can't touch them. Repetition creates persuasion. Truth is not a changer. Otherwise, Jesus Christ would have had loads and loads of followers. You know, after the resurrection, he had about 500. And then on the day of Pentecost, that got dwindled down to 120. Don't worry about the crowds. Worry about your commitment. Because with great commitment, and our commitment to God is his commitment back to us. We can turn the world upside down. 120 people turn the world upside down. 120 their message has created billions of believers. Billions. 120. When should you go for your dream? Well, it's not God's time. I'm waiting for God's time. Is it God's time? And God doesn't decide your seasons in your life. God doesn't decide them. He creates them, but he doesn't decide them. Who decides them? Well, let me just, let me just look at that. Uh, that a bit before that God doesn't create the seasons in your life. It wasn't God's idea to heal the blind man uh, in Luke chapter 19. It was the blind man's idea. Jesus was passing by and he called out to Jesus. Yeah. And uh, eventually Jesus stopped and healed the man. He said, what do you want me to do for you? He said, I want you to heal me. Give me my sight. So he did. And his season changed. His season changed that day from being blind for years. That day was a game changer in his life. He decided he decided that day that his life was going to change. Can you see? Because yeah. if you're not careful, we keep saying, it's God, it's God, it's God. And that's okay, but it's like being a baby. It's God. And I was saying last week, you know, if God wants you to, you're to be calmed, he'll come down and calm it for you. Of course he won't. He's given you a brain, he wants you to grow up. Well, if God wants, wants me to do it, he'll provide the money. No, he'll get you to provide the money. Yeah, yeah but I can't. We know that. We know that. So that shouldn't stop us. That should say, Lord, how can I make this money? Yeah. And then you make the money for the dream. So that's God's usual way. He wants his church to grow up. For too long, the church is waiting for somebody else to give him some money. Just, 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 just give me some for my dream. And God works through that as well. I'm not, I'm not shrinking it down. But I, I want a church that says, I'm going to find this money. And I don't know how I'm going to find it. But I'm going to find it. I'm going to be a money magnet or a resource magnet. Because it's not always money that you need. Sometimes it's a car that you need because you've got money. So, or it's a vehicle that you need. You might need a concrete mixer. You know, you know what I'm just saying. <laughs> Decisions decide your seasons. The woman with the issue of blood, she decided that she was going to push through the crowd and get to Jesus. If I can only just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. There is so much in that phrase. Because she created a phrase that kept her going. Yeah. And that phrase has become Bible now. Yeah. Wow. And when you're going, you will create a phrase. And it's that phrase that will keep you going. 
Sometimes it's, if I can just get through this month, I'll be clear to, to get on to my next phase. And that's what gets you through that month. Just that one thing, if I can just get through this month. Can you see how simple it is? And sometimes the Holy Spirit will flick something into your mind, a phrase. And uh, like the resurrection power is resurrecting me. And you think, no, I can go again. I wobbled my head just the other day. I was decorating an house. And, and uh, I thought, this is just... And I had to stop and I thought, but Dave, it's all brand new plaster. You've just had a house completely redone, rewired, yada, 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 and damp-proof course. The whole thing changed into an HMO. If you don't know what one of them is, it doesn't really matter. But this thing's going to be a money pit. So it's like, but this is the vision. Rolling the walls, crying, 56. <laughs> so it's like, so by the end of it, I'm driving off the estate saying, Thank you, God, for this estate. It's been the biggest pain in my life, but it's produced patience. It's produced stickability. It's, pro it's produced go again when I didn't want to go. And it's cold and it's wet and it's damp. Not this week, but in, in times past. And I've gone down and it's thankless to go in. I don't feel the dream. I hate the dream. And you go in and then within an hour or so, you've cracked on, you've wobbled your head. And all of a sudden, the dream's bright again. It's like we're closer. We're closer to the dream. The difference between seasons in a person's life, in your life and my life, is a person. The difference is a person. People are like elevators. They can lift you up or they can take you down. And that's why you can only have people that take you up in your dream. Because when people are always speaking down, they might be your friends, they might be your family, they might be your best friend. But every time you go, there's something you can't talk about. And it's like, change your friend. Oh, just don't talk about that when you're with them. But get around people that celebrate you, that don't tolerate you, but celebrate your dream. And we want to be a church that celebrates dreams. And some dreams will be really wacky. And, and some of them will come about, some won't come about. And some dreams will be unimpressive, but they're still dreams. And you start where you've got to start. You remember that, that video that Andy did of, you know, of the nursery, that first one of the school. I think he might put some paving slabs down there. Little did he know then that he was just going to blow the roof off a barn. He didn't, little did he know that he was just going to you know, create, him and Anna, create the, the um, you know, state-of-the-art nursery that any city in Britain would have been proud of or the world. It's just when you start looking, the more you think about that, and you can say, well, Andy and, Andy and Anna are special. Anna's not. Andy's really special. <laughs> They're not special. They're not special. Stop it, because it gives you an excuse to say, well, I can't do it, but they can. Yeah. And so, so it's like, you know, we've, it's, it's, it's God that's great, yeah. but when you hang around God, you become great. How do I know? God said to Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. God's not insecure. When you meet Christians that are all, it's not about me, it's just him, it's just him. It's like, shut up, will you? That false humility doesn't cut it with us. God's not insecure. He's got to raise up your name for you to be effective in your area. Because if nobody knows you and, and nobody rates you, it's like, oh, it's little old me. And, and, you know, do you want to come to church? Sod off. All right, that'll be me. I'll be sodding off. <laughs> No, you'll make your name great. And that's why it's important to have integrity when you're going through your, 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 um, your dream. And by the way, integrity doesn't mean no failing, no getting it wrong, no bad decision. That's not failing, that's just bad decision, getting it wrong and all that. That's part of, of the sum total of things of getting the thing going. 
And that's why we can find forgiveness, we can find correction. And integrity is not that we don't get things wrong, it's what we do when we get things wrong. We don't hide it. We don't even need to, to expose it too big, but we need to admit it. And, and, and we need to carry on. So I'm, I'm passionate because I've seen too many dreams killed. And it's like, I'm a failure. You were a failure before you started your dream. Get over it. We're all failures in something. You know, Naaman, it says in the Bible, he was a commander of the forces. He was victorious in everything that he did. But he had leprosy. But, and everyone's got a but in their life. Dave Shore is awesome, but. Put your name there. Awesome-ish. So anyway, (laughs) Bible says this. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. If you're going to memorize a scripture, memorize that one. If you're going to believe in a scripture, believe in that one. And when God gives you the desires of your heart, it's because he's put it there in the first place. What you're doing now is an indication of the kind of person you are or what the, 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 the plan that God's put in your heart. It's an indication. So if you're in the caring profession, there's something in there that you're hardwired to do. If you like to help people, there's something in there that you're hardwired to do. If you're a, a talker and a speaker, there's something in there that you're hardwired to do. Listen. Why? Because you don't decide the dream. God decides the dream. He hardwires you for it, and we discover the dream. And it's for us to, Psalm 139, all the days uh, mapped out for me were written in your book before one of them came into being. Jeremiah said, before the creation and foundations of the world, you called me as a prophet to the nations. It's amazing. You know, people said King David was an amazing king. But eight years before he was born, God called him. I've just found that out. I've just discovered that. It's just amazing. You see, years and years and years ago, God called people to do things. And uh, I, want, I want to help you discover your dream. You know, simple things like what makes you happy? What's your sweet spot? What's your grace zone? What's your lane? That's, that's a, a, an indication of the kind of thing that you should be doing. Why? Because if you copy somebody else, let's all say, oh, you know, Andy's successful. Now he's got a nursery or two. I'll start a nursery. Well, if you're not supposed to start a nursery, it's going to be absolute drudgery. You're going to hate every minute of it. And the money that you make will not compensate you. It won't. Because money doesn't make you happy. By the way, poverty makes you even less happy. <laughs> so I'd sooner be poor and in the wrong job the, uh, sorry, <laughs> rich and in the wrong job than poor and having no job. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Because at least I can change my job. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go in, la, 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 enjoying life. Sorry, that was just a little dance. I've been <laughs> practicing that. I've watched Theresa May. She really inspired me. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go for this. going to go for it. Here's an important thing. Where you are matters as much as who you are. It's important to be a person of integrity and honesty and openness. But listen, where you are matters just as much as who you are. God said to Elijah, the Bible says the brook dried up. That was God's provision in a drought for Elijah. And the brook dried up and then God spoke to Elijah and he says, move to Zarephath, I've commanded a widow there 
to feed you. So where you are matters as much as who you are. When God moves you in a situation like that, when you hit your new season, you'll know because things dry up. And when you look around, you think, what is it? What is it? It's not that there's hassle. You're always going to have hassle. But it's like resources dry up. And when you step into your new season, the benefits of the old season are finished. And although it's tough, and we, we, we just read the story, don't we? We read the story. So Elijah went to Zarephath. It doesn't say, and Elijah went, oh, flipping heck. Can we not just produce a bit more? I've just got comfy here. It was hard at first, but I've, I've been here a while, and, and it's good. And, and I talk to the badgers and the birds and everything. I go like that, and all the birds sit on my arms, and it's like amazing. And, but it's disrupting. And God's the troubler of our hearts, and it's disrupting. And it doesn't say, and, and Elijah will like, I what about in Zarephath? God, you never give me enough detail. Well, you know, do I go north of Zarephath, south of Zarephath? I'm going to say, is there a widow going to be there? We are saying, going, oh, yeah, I'm the widow you're looking for. And it's like, I don't know what to do. Who's ever been like that where you're thinking, I don't know what, you know, I'm here now, I'm in York. You told me to come to York, I'm in York. So? Yeah. It's just like, calm down, you're here. So he's looking around and what, what's happening? The widow is actually gathering sticks. And there's a, there's a conviction probably in his heart that says, maybe it's her. I don't know how many widows he engaged in conversation with before he found the one. You never know, do you? It's like, who's that widow? He talked to us all. <laughs> you all right? You're a widow. <laughs> Weird. But anyway, he finds the right one. But here's the problem. She's his resource. What's she doing? She has no resources. Have you thought about that? She's gathering sticks. She's going to have their last meal. And God says, I've commanded a widow to support you. He must be looking and thinking, what? what? Is it, this is worse than a vegan diet. <laughs> right. She says, <laughs> she's a right happy girl. She goes, um, I've got a bit of flour. I've got a bit of oil. And that, I'm gathering sticks because we're going to make the last meal. Me and my son are going to eat it and then die. You know, aren't she the happy one? I'd have been looking going, is there another widow? <laughs> I have to stick with this one here. And then Elijah, instead of despairing, what does he do? He exercises faith. When you get into your dream, you're going to have to exercise faith. You're going to have to stop mourning and complaining, which we're prone to do, because that kills the presence of the supernatural. It's not that God leaves you or anything like that, but he, he's not attracted to mourning and complaining and grumbling. How do I know that? Can anyone... Oh, no, oh no I'm calling out this week. <laughs> How do we know that? It's, it's the wilderness. When God wanted to get his people out of Egypt, it was a 14-day walk into the promised land where they would... God promised them you will walk into properties you never built. You're going to have, you're going to have all your resources done for you. All the, all the ground is going to be... Uh, turned over, you know, you're going to have things growing there that you never planted, and you're just going to walk into it. It's almost like saying you're going to have a, a nursery that's up and running. And you're like, oh, yeah, indeed, that's fantastic, I'm coming, right? 14 days, it took them 40 years. What should have been 14 days, it took them 40 years. Why? Because they mourned and grumbled. Yeah. 
They mourned and grumbled, and God says, and they listened to fear, not faith. When you go for your dream, fear will come knocking on your door. Why do you come to church on Sunday? Why, why is it so important that we meet together? It's because the Word strengthens you. Strengthen your body is not about what you do in a gym. That has, that has some effect on us, the Bible says. But Daniel says, your word entered me and strength entered my body. It's God's word that strengthens us. And we feel like, I can go again. Where's my head been? Because we all get off track. And especially when you're under pressure trying to make a dream come true. And you're trying to get it going. You're trying to get it going. You have some success and it's like one step forward, three steps back. I showed you that cottage on there. I know it's like flat like that. It's a bit taller, actually. But here's the thing. I know I've just took on a load of hassle. That's just a load of hassle. You want to see it inside? Shelley said, it's beautiful. I said, you're mental. Because <laughs> you're looking at fireplace with no fire in it and all that kind of stuff. Oh, look at that beam. I thought, well, dying out on that, sweetheart, because that's, yeah, that's about the only redeeming feature. And even then, I don't quite have to duck. But, you know, if I had to start you know, practicing my jiu-jitsu or whatever, I'll be knocking, anyway, I don't practice jiu-jitsu, I'm not, I'm not a violent, I have a gun, it's pointless, all that one, <laughs> finish them off straight away, God's going to raise you up, you've got to get a name, <laughs> send a message to your brothers, it's where you are that matters just as much as who you are, are you in the right place, so you might be in York, but what place in York? You know, where, where does God, not so much where does God want you, where is the Holy Spirit leading you to? Because he knows where it is. He knows where your provision is. And you are meant to be there. I wish I'd have known these when I came to York. I didn't know this kind of truth. I came thinking, is it right? Is it not right? And even before I came, I thought, I'll go and test it out. And I became a laborer and a driver up here just to see what and, and as I'm driving around I were confused with inner ring road and outer ring road and cars seem to go I come from a village you know what I mean where you, the only asshole is where you're taking over horse and cart <laughs> you, know, you don't want to disturb the animal up front <laughs> and horse you don't want to disturb that neither so listen this is an important one when God schedules a dream he schedules an, anim uh, an animal, <laughs> an enemy. He schedules an enemy. You and I need enemies. I was reading a book the other week, and it's, uh, I think it's 79 reasons why you need an enemy. He was making a point. That was only one chapter. He was an happy fella. 79 reasons why you need an enemy. You know, Evander Holyfield, the great boxer, never won a purse as great as when he fought. Tyson, and Tyson bit his ear off, you know, like part of his, when I see it, he's still got some ear on, for nine million, and chop my arm off if you want, so he needed an enemy, he never had such a payout as when he, ref and, and he, and he fought him a second time, he never had such a payout, it was, it was Tyson, the enemy, that gave him that kind of a purse, just amazing. David was a young shepherd boy in the backwaters. Nobody had heard of him. His mum and dad weren't interested in, in him. We reckon that his mum was a kind of loose woman and left town. And she's left the kids with the, with the husband, Jesse. And some scholars reckon that David was an illegitimate son of the family. Because when Samuel came, the prophet, and said, where are your sons? So we've got this here. And David's out in the fields. Why wouldn't you include 
your other son. And the bright boy, the firstborn, he's there, and Sam is going, it's not this one. Next one comes up, not him. It's not him. Do you have any more? And he says, yeah, we have one. He's out in fields. He's, he's one on his own, really. <laughs> he's playing out there, strumming his harp. <laughs> he's going to fame academy. <laughs> That's why we have him out in the desert. And it's like, oh, bring him in, bring him in, clean. Forsooth, friar, truly it is a goodly rose, your son at your service. <laughs> Sod off, you little freak. But bring him in, bring him in. And they bring David in. And the Holy Spirit speaks and he says, he's the one. He's the one. What the world rejects, God calls. Corinthians tells us that. What the world rejects, God calls. So David comes in. And uh, before long, his dad says, go and take some cheese butties up to, it's my interpretation, it's cheese and bread, but cheese butties up to the, up to the, uh, the battleground. Your brothers are in Israel's army. That was prestigious for them. And they're fighting the Philistines. Then the leader of the Philistines comes out, Goliath, over nine feet tall. And uh, he went up there. And when he heard this Philistine defying the armies of the Lord, he was like a snub and an insult against his God. And something went off in David's spirit. And he says, who's going to take this uncircumcised Philistine out who defies the armies of God? And uh, long story short, the enemy that everybody was terrified of. He was a man mountain. For you and I, it's not a Goliath like that. It's a man mountain. When you first set up the little Four grand. Years later, I borrow something like twelve years later, I borrow 12, uh, twenty-five grand, and we flew to Dubai, me and my mate, and we bought some buses. As some of you have told uh, have told the story, and I had a little bus company, four buses going round in in uh, Mwanza in Tanzania, but I was terrified. I was so terrified I had to go and buy a Z4 BMW, <laughs> honestly. It helped me to get over it. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, when God gives you a dream, he schedules an enemy. What's the purpose of the enemy? To strengthen you. To create in you the reflexes that you're going to need to accomplish your dream and your mission. An enemy is there to develop in you work ethic. Most of us are lazy, did you know that? Yeah. Laziness is not doing stuff. It's not not doing stuff. Laziness is doing only the stuff that you like doing. Yeah. That's laziness. Because other stuff gets undone. Yeah. See, anybody can do what they like doing, but it takes a work ethic to do the things you don't want to do. Yeah. And um, I'd love to say today, you know, God will give you a dream and he can bring you the provision. Everything's true. I can back it up with scripture. But here's the thing. You won't do your accounts for you. Yeah. 
by your bookkeeping. Honestly, that is the most boring thing. It turned me to gin. You know, because I'm straight, really. I'm a straight kind of a person, but... Goodness me. And people want a job as an accountant. So, sorry, sorry. That's another tithe we've just lost. Oh, laughing now, aren't we, Dave? <laughs> to develop work ethic or the ability to control your life. An enemy schedule, because you've got to learn to control yourself. You can't just go out shouting your mouth off about, well, this one's done this and this one's done... Whoa, whoa, in business, that's bad. You can't go bad-mouthing people. Well, I'm just going to speak my mind. Well, you're an idiot. Only idiots speak the mind. That's what the Bible says in Proverbs somewhere. But it does, it tells us. Don't speak your mind. Keep it to yourself and think about what you're going to say before you say it. And some things are best not said. And if you're anything like me where you want to say it, go for a jog. I did the Dublin Marathon. Honestly, I was in pain. Not doing the Dublin Marathon, just holding back what I wanted to say to a few people. How do you get rid of all that tension? Run. Run, Forrest. <laughs> I'd finished the marathon and started again. And they went, Dave, you finished? And I said, no, I haven't. There's still 10 more I want to kill. The ability to control your life. The ability, he wants to train you to, to give you the ability to control your environment. When things are not right in your life, change your environment. Change it. Overcome it. If there's something that you don't... Some women are frustrated with the kitchen. Overcome it. Do something. Change it. Yeah, but I've asked me... Oh, don't ask your husband. You've asked him a gazillion times. He's not listening anymore. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kitchen, kitchen. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Go and pay somebody to come and do it. Oh, he'll move then. You're paying what? Well, where's, where's my screwdriver? You're going to need more than a screwdriver for the kitchen I've got. How do you cut marble? Marble? <laughs> ability to control your life. Ability to control your environment. Stickability. When you're fighting constantly, you want to give up. That's why it's important to have fellowship. Not just on a Sunday, but share your life. I'm looking for communities yeah. where we, we're, we're honest and real with each other. That takes time. Yeah. But, but growing together, because people don't know each other. Everyone's just, we sit and we be polite. And we're just like a different kind of church, if we're not careful, yeah. that doesn't have relationship. I've had people leave this church and you think, I thought we were friends. Yeah. One day they come and say, I'm leaving. They don't come and say, I've had some thoughts about leaving. You know, I don't know whether it's God, I don't know whether it's me. Can I tell you about it? You know, and then can we have a prayer and just see what, what God wants? What, you, you know, it's not like that. It's a done deal. The funny thing is, I'd say, so you're coming to tell me you leave. You're not coming to find direction. And, and he's, he's God in these kind of things. Yeah, I'm all it leader. You see, if I, was a, if I was an ed teacher, you'd really respect me in this place. You'd really respect me because I'm an ed teacher. If I were head of a company, you'd really... He always has a suit on, that fella. Look at him. And you respect, when it comes to a pastor or a leader, it's like, yeah, no, he's, he's like, he's, he's okay, he's one of us, he's Dave, he's great, he's great, he's great. Forget Dave, take, take us out of the picture. But for your average church leader, they never have us on the same level as those guys who went into the, the towers, the twin towers, to save lives. They, they never have us on that level. And God does. And people say, when was the last time you went into 
the Twin Towers. I've never, never done anything as dangerous as that, apart from marrying Shelley. Yeah. <laughs> never had it. But pastors save lives, yeah. like doctors do, yeah. like paramedics do. Yeah. And it's like we are vital yeah. in, in God's idea of life and community. Yeah. And so I'm just saying, we have so belittled, not just the leadership of pastors, we've belittled everybody's leadership in our country. And uh, we've, we've, I want to bring honor back as a church where we learn honor. And uh, anyway, I've, I've just got sidetracked there. As I come to the end of my introduction <laughs> that you missed out after last week's introduction, it, it, it wants to, God wants to give us the ability to control our lives. So he schedules an enemy. The ability to, to control your environment, stickability, reflexes, need to be born in as like bounce back ability but the greatest ability that God wants to produce in us is availability and you know the greatest thing for us is that we serve God's dream first that we give ourselves to God first but seek first the kingdom of heaven and live by his ways and then all of these things will be added to you the Lord's Prayer doesn't say, give us this day our daily bread. It says, our Father who art in heaven, we praise and worship and honor your holy name. We don't go to the situation first, we raise him up. And all of a sudden, life looks a lot better from that perspective. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth, as it is in heaven. His business first. Give us today our daily bread. It follows on. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says, those who are willing and obedient will eat the finest of the land. Give us today our daily bread. But willing and obedient. Sometimes we're obedient but not willing, but God looks for a willing heart. Willing and obedient. So next week, what we're going to look at is the dream. D R. E-A-M. Got it written down. Been memorizing it. And each letter we will look at because it will represent something. And I want to break that down for us. But I want to, today I want to inspire you. Seek first the kingdom. Don't just go for any dream. In the, in the musical of Joseph, where he sings a song, any dream will do. Any dream will do when you, don't, when you haven't found your own dream. And you know what? You will serve somebody else's dream if you haven't got your own dream. Everybody else has got a plan for your life. Remember that. Yeah. Everybody else has got a plan for your life. And so you've just got to bat some people off and say, no, I've got a life as well. And some people keep serving. Well, I'm just serving. Oh, can you be able to say, oh, can you wash the car? Can you do this? Can... And they do it and they do it and they do it. You know, at the end of their life, what have they produced? Very little. And I'm not knocking serving. I'm, not, I'm certainly not knocking serving other people's dreams. That's important that we do that. What I'm saying is, it's tough to stand and admit, I want my own dream. God, you've, you've put a dream on the inside of me. I want to discover what it is. Why? Because I want to live a fulfilled life and a fruitful life. So we'll look at that next week. Let's just bow our heads. And let's just in a moment take a moment to think about what's been said this morning some will just be Dave speaking others will be the Holy Spirit speaking to you
it's good for you just to reflect for a moment. I'm going to go quiet just so that you can have that silence-ish. You know, music's great. It just brings a bit of, of uh, color. You just think about your dream. Think about your character. Think about where you should be, geographically, where you should be. For somebody this morning, God's just taken the struggle. You can't find your dream. You don't know what your dream is. You think, I'm too old. I've never, I've just served others. I've just gone about being what I've, I've been a good mom, a good dad. I've been a good grandma or whatever. And I want to say to you, you're not too old. There's a dream in you. And it's not for you to, to hassle over it. It's for you to put a smile on your face, put some energy in your tank and say, God, I'm waiting expectantly every day to find out what is it? What is it that's, that's, that I should be doing? What I can do? What is my dream? I believe that God is going to crown somebody's life far bigger than what it was for the, all of the, the previous life. He's going to crown it with something bigger. Let me put it this way the rest of your life is going to be the best of your life. And you're saying, such a short time, I've only maybe another 20 years on this earth, 30, it's like, doesn't, that doesn't matter. He's going to crown your life with good things. You've got to get hold of that and, and begin to believe it. And the miracles start to work in your life. For some, you've gone at business and you've had some success and you've bounced back. You've been knocked back. You've, different things have come into your life. And you know it's time to go again. Not because God says so, but because you know it's time to go again. And we turn to God and we say, Lord, I believe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Will you lead me? Put the right people. Introduce me to the right people. some people you're entertaining the wrong people they're taking you down in the elevator they're not lifting you up uh, be gracious don't be abrupt or rude but just phase them out of your life and spend more time with the people that lift you up take you higher maybe today you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ he's the dream giver he's the dream maker He's a possibility thinker. And you can have him living on the inside of you. Total wisdom from God living on the inside of you 24-7. The only blockage is your sin. And Jesus, the dream maker, died on the cross to not only pay the price for your sin so that it can be forgiven, but to break the power of it so that you can be free. 
And if today you're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand where you are and allow him by his Holy Spirit to come and live in you. If that's you, just while we've got our heads bowed, you just raise your hand where you are and give your life to Jesus Christ. Surrender. Well, I want to pray for everybody here that you'll give us self-control and energy. And they seem like they're mutually exclusive. But Lord, self-control so that we don't do, you know, really ridiculous stuff. But energy to know that we're not staying still. We're, we're going we're gonna to discover the dream and then we're going to go for it. And I pray, Lord, like your word says, only take steps that are firm. And Lord, fill us with wisdom to know what's a good step, what's a good next step. Your word says, in the counsel of many, there's wisdom. And Lord, that we can find people who, who, who understand us and understand what we're about, that we, we go and find wisdom from people who are further on than us in business or in dreaming or whatever. Fill us to overflowing, whatever the dream is. Fill us to overflowing with your presence and your spirit so that it'll enable us to overcome setbacks, overcome enemies, and we will grow as human beings. In Jesus' name, amen. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website.